Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Calvino and Ivan Ocampo. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> uh, I, missed that. I missed that intro, man. We haven't, we haven't done one of these... Uh, that's not an interview podcast in a while, so I'm yeah, yeah. happy to be back. Time to banter. Time to banter, buddy. All right, so uh, today we will be talking about a quote-unquote controversial cigar. Ooh. Oh, baby. And then controversial elections. There's a lot of controversy. <laughs> a lot of controversy. And then we'll talk some sports with no controversy, hopefully. So uh, catch up on the other side. Uh, we're going to let Jasper do his thing here, and uh, stay tuned. Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5 by 54 Torpedo, a 6 by 54 Toro, a 6 by 60 Gran Toro, a 5x54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas, which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's 65 x 52 Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops, so ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram at Artesano Del Tobacco. All right, Jaspy. Jas what is happening, Jasp? Jasperito. Jasperito back on the airwaves. What are we smoking today? Well, Jasper, you are in for a treat today. We got the Sobremesa Brulee Blue. Boom. It is a six and a quarter by 46 Corona uh, out of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. So Steve Saka's company. So normally on these shows, we we have already lit the cigars when we start recording. Uh, but because there's a bit of controversy with this one, we are going to we're going to light them on the air. Uh, but before we do, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's a uh, it's a Nicaraguan cigar. Uh, it's got a uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper. A high-grade Connecticut shade wrapper. Uh, it's Mexican San Andres binder and Nicaraguan fillers. They are produced for Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust at uh, Fabrica de Tabaco Hoya de Nicaragua, which is Hoya de Nicaragua for, to most of you. It is uh, around twelve bucks. I, I don't. You know what? I actually don't know the price of this. In our show notes, we have the wrong size, so I will look that up uh, as we light our cigars. So. The controversy with this one is whether or not the tip of these uh, sobremesa brulees is sweetened or not. Just a tip. Just the tip. And, and so for some context, most cigars that you have, uh, most cigars that you smoke, uh, the, the cap has, is being held together with a sugar-based glue. Okay. Normally... Normally, you don't taste any of the sugar. It's pectin, to be more specific. Uh, and normally, you don't taste the sweetness because they cut it so that you can't taste the sweetness. But you can make it so that it is a little bit sweet. And so, 
some people have said this cigar, the tip is sweet. And and Steve says that it's not. Being Steve. Steve being Steve, yeah. And so uh, so Steve sent us a box of this uh, for us to try it. Uh, we didn't get involved in his STFU uh, sampler pack. So we didn't get involved in that. I wish we would have. Uh, we should have gone and bought some. So what exactly is the STFU sampler? So STFU, we know what it stands for, but in this case, it was Saka's Taste for Yourself mm. sampler. And uh, and I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the idea was that one of them would be overly sweetened, and then the other ones would be normal in the sampler pack, and you'd have to kind of find out what sweetened really is to Steve. So. Yeah, I cheated. I just put it in my mouth. You cheated. <laughs> it tastes sweet. It is. It does. It is. Yeah. Does it? It does. All right. Well, Maybe I, we... what I did was I just I didn't put, I just licked it on the. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Lick whoever it on the... whoever just, like if this was <laughs> traditional radio and someone was just tuning in, they're like, "What are they talking about?" I licked it. I put it in my mouth. Oh God. Uh. Anyway, I I uh, I just. I licked a little bit of on the foot where where there would conceivably be no sweetening, and and then I licked a little bit. You just kept looking that thing <laughs> all keep, over, did you? Going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it keeps getting worse. But anyway, uh, yeah, and and I I do taste a little bit of a difference in the sweetness. Hmm. But uh, but let's see. I'm going to just before we keep going here. It is a, a beautifully produced cigar, though. It's a pretty sucker. A, a what? It's a pretty sucker. <laughs> What is going on here? Uh, well, but it does. It has a, a neat, like, little pigtail at the top. Uh, the soda mesa, if you guys have uh, seen the regular soda mesa before, it has a crown on it. And then normally, uh, the background behind the crown would be, like, brown. And in this one, being the soda mesa brulee blue, the, uh, the background of the crown is, like, a, a baby blue. Really good-looking uh, label. So, so anyway, uh, it's it's a good looking stick. Here we go. I'm gonna cut it. Give me a second. Tremendous cut there. What do you mean? Very, very nice. Perfect. Expert cut. What What did you do with yours there? I just lopped off the top of it. Well, let's go. Let's give it a light. You would think we would have more lighters in this office. We have a ton of them, but you guys never refill them. I only refill mine, oh. so. Ah, I, I, I can taste the sweetness right out of the gate. It isn't uh, an overpowering amount of it, but you can, but you definitely taste it. It's there. It's it's a little bit more than what you would, at least to me, than what you would get out of a a cigar that that you're used to smoking, like a, another Connecticut Shade cigar, where the the tip has not been. It's it's just a little sugary. Yeah, I taste it on my lips. You want this light, everybody? Yeah, but you know what? I mean, so I'm thinking back to like the cigars that traditionally would have a, a sweetened tip, like a Fontana. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. remember the Fontana? Uh, the Fontana mm-hmm. always had that sweetened tip, and then and some other some other cigars had it too. I think at at one point the Oliva. Florida Olivas, the bundle. I think there was either one variety of that bundle that that did have a a slightly sweetened tip, 
So it was a it was a thing that was done back in the day uh, to kind of help you get past that initial light of the cigar, uh, because you know back back in the you know back in the days people would light cigars with you know uh, matches that that really gave you that phosphorus taste right out of the gate, or maybe used a Zippo lighter which had that really uh, sort of acrid uh, chemically taste to it. And so I think that in the olden days, these sweetened tips would help you get past that first part, kind of make it a little bit more tolerable. And then as you got into the cigar, the sweetness faded. Uh, so I, I don't know if this is being done on purpose or, or if, if, uh, if they just kind of like maybe just slightly went overboard by mistake on the sweetness. That by does mistake, happen. I don't think I don't Steve think so does either. anything by mistake. I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't think so either. But uh, but either way, either way, uh, the initial you want to talk about the initial flavors of the cigar, the initial notes you're getting. Yeah, it's um, it tastes like a like a hearty Connecticut, you know. So I'm get, getting a lot of flavors coming through uh, right out of the gate. So you get. Besides the sweetness that I have on my lips, you know, you have some like caramels and I was and, thinking, and, I was thinking caramel and nuts. As you were um, yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff coming right, right out a of a little the bit gate, of so. vanilla too, and yeah. and, uh, and a nice creaminess to the smoke. You know, a lot of times people were like, "What? What do you mean you taste cream?" You know, like people ask those kinds of questions all the time, either in social media or when I'm in a cigar store. Uh, they always ask whether you taste cream and, and whether you taste leather. And and it's hard, you know. You have to, you always have to explain this to people. Creaminess, more than anything, is a texture. Yeah. To to the a texture that the smoke has, and then but then there's also, like when you have a vanilla note that is coming through in a creamy fashion, like with a creamy texture. Yeah. Then that gives you a vanilla cream feeling, right? So you're, you know, flavor notes and aroma notes they're they're meant to just give you the the reader or the listener in this case an association something that you can associate to that it doesn't mean that the cigar has vanilla and it doesn't mean that it has cream so anyway in in the case of this one it it does have that rich creamy texture to the smoke uh oh and, and just to finish off that other topic uh and leather when people talk about leather all the time how do you taste leather what are you biting down on a saddle you know people say that kind of stuff and leather is is more of an aroma, uh, so so uh, a lot of these flavor notes sometimes. Again, I'm just responding to the the comments that I see coming across. Uh, you know, a lot of these flavors and aromas, you have to think about them. You have to open open your mind a little bit. It's it's not that we're saying that you're drinking a cup of coffee when you uh, taste coffee in a cigar. It's more more like you're smelling a morning coffee when you're when you're smoking it. Right, and all smoke. and all these flavor char- and and taste characteristics they're all they're all more varied. So there's certain things that are definitely in there. For example, if you taste like a clove, right? Because that's sure. definitely in some sort some types it of tobacco. It is a characteristic yeah. of, of some tobacco, yeah. And uh, and for example, in this one specifically, like I get some peppers out of it. Of course, it's a Connecticut, but it still has a good amount of pepper. Of Nicaraguan, yeah. yeah. Nicaraguan tobacco is always going to bring that pepper. Right. So. Um, so they're all different. There's so many different uh, taste profiles and characteristics that people give that, uh, yeah, some are more directly associated with something that, that, that you've had before, either in a food or a, or a drink or 
whatever, something in, in nature. And then other things that are, yeah, they're a little bit more vague. Yeah, like more esoteric, yeah. Uh, and then one other last thing, I, I don't know why we went off on this, it's probably my fault, why we went off on this flavor and aroma tangent. Uh, you know, the, the flavors, in terms of flavor, flavor, you only get very basic flavors out of your palate. You only get, you know, sweet, bitter, sour, right? You get uh, very basic flavors. The rest of it all comes from your nose. So I'm always hesitant whenever I see someone say, oh, the flavor wheel or the flavor profile. And, and I'm guilty of saying that, too. It really is a flavor and aroma profile uh, and a flavor and aroma wheel. It's it's not just flavors. So uh, so most of it is aroma. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so now where are you with the sweetness now? Because we we've we've been smoking for, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven minutes. It's still lingering on my lips, but it's not coming through on the cigar. Not directly. So it's not this this sweet infused cigar that some people not at all. have have said. It's not not that at all. Not um, at all. It does you're right. It does kind of like stick around on your lips for a little bit and now a lot less than before, uh, for obvious reasons. As you know, the more you smoke it, that just wears off. Uh but it doesn't come across at all in the smoke. The cigar itself when you draw in the smoke and you retrohale it and let it out through your nose, there is zero of that sugary uh, sweetness that, that you sense on your lips. Again, I'd love to, uh, I'm going to reach out to Steve um, and see what his thoughts are on, on that whole topic. Uh, because I didn't, I didn't follow up with his STFU sampler. So, so anyway, uh, politics, right? That's what we want to talk about? Sure. That's what we're here to talk about. Sure. It's uh, what everybody's been talking about for the last two or three months. So it's I'm, nuts. I'm kind of happy it's over. Sort of. So is over? it? Is over? it over? Nothing's over until we decide it is. What was that? A what movie was that? <sighs> I don't know. I don't it's remember. John Belushi. Oh yes, uh, Animal House. Animal House. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. My brain is. Uh, my my hamsters back there are like they're on Veterans Day. They've taken the day off. <laughs> they're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, ain't working. So. Uh, so yeah, this thing continues to drag on. Nothing's over at all. In fact, uh, in my view, it was obviously the networks kind of jumped the gun on on calling these things, right? Like on election night, they called Arizona, at least Fox did, mm-hmm. called Arizona for Biden. And then today you look at the map and it's still not, Arizona's still not for Biden. Yeah. Same thing with Pennsylvania and same thing with Georgia. Georgia's already said they're going to recount whole thing I, I like i don't know why you would even jump the gun and call it because now you have half the country getting overly excited about a victory when it hasn't been really certified it hasn't been it, they have some places haven't even finished counting so it's a little crazy that that's happening right now i mean it reminds me of of 2000 with bush gore uh but times four or five Get it. That's the thing. See, if it was just one state, but I'm I'm almost like, all right, I'll just take it. You know, there's so many, so many. Yeah, so I take the results. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, whatever it is. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's so many. It's four or five states, and it seems like the Republicans are just trying to, you know, trying to overturn one of the states just to try to. It's just I'm. I don't know. So you you seems like I I seem like it's too big of a margin, and I'm almost like I don't forget it. 
you're in that state. Yeah. I, I'm not. I do want to know. Okay, so I, I, I want to be able to trust the result, whatever it right. is. Right, right, right. Whatever it is. And right now with the, uh, you know, all the stories of kicking posters out and all that kind of stuff, it just, it's shady. I don't, I don't. When I smell that shadiness, regardless of what side you're on, uh, you can't have it. You can't have the shadiness. I think it's always, in my opinion, it's always existed, right? It's never been. Oh no, election fraud. Election a doubt, fraud has, has always, exist. always existed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now we're going to try to look into it further. I don't know if it's enough to be able to tabulate to to turn around. The, the deficits in all I, these things. I just want I want to feel like I trust the result. I have sure, never sure, sure, sure. I have never felt so uh, leery of, a, of an election result. And I honestly, whatever the result is, whatever side it's on, I, I will accept it 100 percent obviously yeah, yeah, because yeah. we're all Americans and that's what we do. Uh, and we move on and whoever is the president becomes my president and that's all. But unless it it's just, Biden, no, that's no. not true. That's not true. <laughs> okay. If if Biden's the winner, he's he's sure. uh, he's the president, and I'm and I'm a hundred percent behind him. But um, but I have to trust it, and I just I don't. It's a lot of shady stuff. It's too much shady stuff. Like you know, when you look at Philly, a lot of the shady stuff going on in Philly. Just look at the football team and their fans. That just Listen, ki- got, just I kidding, love, Philly. Love, just I kidding, love, all of our I listeners love my in Philly. Philly. People, I really do. But on the political side on the election philly has such a history of election fraud at all levels at all levels i've i've been so one of my one of my closest friends uh i I will leave his name out of this is uh is from philadelphia he's lived there all his life and and we worked together for years and we became very close friends we haven't worked together obviously for ages because he's not in the cigar business and uh and we still talk i mean we were we were talking on election night and and so I've known about the history of, of Philly politics uh, through my buddy for a long time. And, and it's just it, the history is too rich <laughs> in, in election fraud to trust it. But anyway, uh, so this is going to be crazy. It's, it's still going to continue. Uh, so how timely was the announcement of the COVID vaccine? Oh, that was incredible. Talking about a little shadiness here. That was incredible. That in the, it has to be the timeliest news ever reported. Amazing, amazing! <laughs> All of a sudden, we, hey, we found it. We found. <laughs> We've been in the desert looking, and we haven't found shit. <laughs> and now we suddenly found it. Uh, Yay! Well, couldn't, awesome. couldn't couldn't have come at a better time. <laughs> I'm, sure if I'm sure if you're on the Trump team, you're like, yeah, I could have like, three days ago. <laughs> right. But um, but anyway, but we did so. So here's what we did in terms of uh, a little bit more on this political talk. Uh, I apologize if you're not into it, but earlier today I uh, I reached out to our friend Glenn Loop. He is the former director of Cigar Rights for America. And by the way, if you are not a supporter of Cigar Rights for America, and you're a cigar smoker, uh. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go up there. Uh, go to CigarRights.org. Sign up. And uh, you're going to get a sampler pack that is badass, chock full of great cigars. And you're going to be supporting a cause that continues to protect our right to smoke. So 
so if you take anything out of this conversation, it's go to cigarrights.org and sign up for it. Um, so anyway, we spoke to to Glenn, and uh, so Glenn is is uh, <clears throat> again the former executive director of uh, of CRA, and and I asked him, uh, and I apologize, this is a phone conversation I had with him, and I recorded it obviously with his permission, and uh, so if the sound quality is not a hundred percent, hang in there, it's it's a short conversation, but I asked him about uh, what he thinks about this uh, you know election process. Uh, as it stands right now, and also asked him about what would the ramifications be uh, of a Biden presidency uh, as it relates to the cigar industry. And so here's uh, here's Glenn's response. I think he's he's a guy that has a, a view into this that most of us don't, uh, so he can speak very intelligently to the topic. So uh, here it is. Here's Glenn's response. Well, these are complex times politically, and but it's not as unusual as people like to think. I mean, uh, the certification process in the states lasts through the end of November no matter what. I mean, no matter what the margins are. I was reading this morning a list of dates of when different states, especially the swing states, the battleground states, when they all certify their elections, and that date hasn't changed and won't change. And there's still a couple of weeks to go in that process. If it stretches into early December, my statement is, so what? It's not that unusual. I mean, we're counting tens upon tens of millions of ballots. We're verifying this to to validate the integrity of the the process. So, you know, the fact that everybody's on hyperdrive emotionally, it's, it's still a natural part of the process. So let's just put that out there. Um, To me, the battle has always been about what's happening in Congress, but the industry is going to have some serious regulatory questions and issues to be standing on guard about in the next administration. I mean, it's going to be an entirely new Congress, a new session of Congress, which means bills that are introduced right now would have to be reintroduced in the new Congress, and you can bank on that happening. And in the current Congress, we have House Resolution 2339, and Senate Bill 3174, which are two of the most violently anti-tobacco bills in the United States Congress. They would expedite the FDA rulemaking process. They would attack the warning label question. It could resurface all the issues that we have now put to rest through the court process. Um, It would ban mail order of any form of tobacco. And uh, some diligent members in the Democratic caucus helped to defend this industry when that bill went through the House for premium cigars this past year. Well, it's going to be a clean slate, and we've lost some of those allies in Congress. Uh, And it's going to be incumbent upon the cigar industry to make some new friends. And that's the reason that you have staff, and that's the reason you have consultants, and that's the reason your political machine can never be off. Because the Senate bill on that on that. Uh, uh, legislation they were not open to amendments like the house version was and those same senators are coming back and one of those senators was senator kamala harris of california and i don't say that in a partisan context it's just a political reality she was a co-sponsor of that legislation whether you know with it looking like the republicans are going to keep the senate here's the threat of let of let like that 
it can become a framework for a regulatory approach. And that's what the industry is going to have to be very diligent about watching. You've got a really anti-tobacco bill there that it would be very easy to, to have the cigar industry swept up into it. And all of a sudden, you've got a political problem on your hand that, hand that may not be able to be stopped because that the framework for that legislation could become the foundation for a regulatory approach in the next presidential administration. So yeah, that's uh, Whoa. <laughs> that's a, that's a little bit of uh, those are some scary sounds coming out of Glenn's mouth uh, when it comes to to potential uh, regulation. Right, we just got out of this. The cigar industry uh, just kind of cleared the regulation hurdle for a bit, and here we are about to go right back in it. Yeah, because that's what it sounds uh, like. Yeah, again, assuming that that the the Biden uh, victory holds up, we may be in for for another dogfight, and I don't know if we can win it this time, but we'll see. Yeah, for us specifically, the uh, warning labels. Uh, the warning the labels, the advert, yeah, the uh, warning labels on ads, uh, obviously puts a puts a damper on our yeah. uh, beautiful magazine. Right. So, but listen, we'll we'll adjust and and uh, hope for the best, and hope for the best, and continue to support cigar rights, uh, because again, I think that they're one of the only people that give us a, a fighting chance. Because they unite the consumer, retailer, and manufacturer in that uh, in that fight. So, uh, thanks again to uh, to Glenn for taking the time to have that little chat with us. We will we will probably post or likely uh, we'll publish the full interview with uh, with Glenn, which is a lot longer than that, in the upcoming issue of Cigar Snob Magazine. So, uh, be on the lookout for that and. Uh, Let's take a quick break uh, here from Jasper. Yep. Do you live under a rock? No? Good. Then you should be subscribed to the best darn cigar magazine around. You can get Cigar Snob Magazine delivered to your doorstep every two months for $18 per year. That's right. Printed, on paper, and delivered by your mail carrier. Every issue is chock full of cigar talk, ratings, insightful stories, Spirit and wine pairings, smoking hot senoritas, and much more. It's just 18 pesos for six issues a year. Well, not pesos. You know what I mean. It's $18. Does that tickle your fancy? Well, wait, there's more. Enter the code PODCAST to check out, and you'll also receive one of our famous Cigar Snob t-shirts. Trust me, you'll be the envy of your cigar crew. That's right, six issues of Cigar Snob Magazine and a badass high-quality t-shirt for just 18 buckaroos. You can't beat that, amigo. Go to cigarsnob.com slash subscribe and make it happen now. Go ahead and pause the podcast and get to it. Offer only good for subscribers in the U.S. and Canada and only while supplies last. All right, so, uh, so we're back, and... Time to talk a little sports. A little sports. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the sports jam. Sports jam <laughs> at, at eleven. So yeah, sports jam at eleven. Uh, well, no, there was a. Which one was the one that you, the only one that would come on 
it was like the sports machine. Oh, or a George like Michael sports, sports machine. machine. Yeah. That was it. That was like pre ESPN. Exactly. You had to wait till like 12 o'clock at night. And that was the only show showing highlights and stuff like that. You're right. You know, like people don't remember what life was like before 24 hour ESPN yeah, highlights. Yeah. Right. Like you just didn't get that. Jasper, you remember that? You're a young buck. Come again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so what what do we have to talk about in sports, Ocampo? We can start with football. I mean, oh, football is always a good time. I mean, we got two. We've been watching college football. I know you're a Dolphin fan. You know, you got Sadly. Tua. You got Tua. Okay, normally being a Dolphin fan is a very sad thing. Right. Uh, but I have to be honest that that showing by Tua this past weekend against, uh, who the heck did we play? Who did the Dolphin? <laughs> Sport- Jasper, who did we play? <laughs> You're one hell of a pretzel bender. Man, I'm telling you, the <laughs> hamsters are, are checked out. He said Arizona. The Cardinals. So that Kyler Murray uh, Tua battle was awesome. It yeah. looked like no one was playing defense. No, there was no defense in the game. <laughs> but Tua should have played defense. Yeah, but I tell you, watching Tua was, oh, it's been so long. Like the last time that the Dolphins had a quarterback that gave you any sort of any confidence. Hope. Jay Fiedler. No, I think I think that Pennington gave you confidence. Old noodle arm. Pennington. Yeah, but he man, but he was a QB. Yeah, all was. these other guys have not been QBs. I'm sorry. Of course, they're deadbeats. Yeah, disguised as QBs. Uh, and so, so that was you know you felt good going into the final drive. You're like, it, we got it. This guy's this guy's a quarterback. He's the real yeah, deal. Yeah, he's accurate. He can move. He makes the right he decision. Incredibly precise nice. on the run. Yeah, yeah. And so he gives darts. His, sure. Throws darts. So you pair him up with a good coach, which I, Flores Flores uh, is a good coach. I think so. That's something to be hopeful about. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. How about you with the with your Raiders? Oh, they, we'll see. We'll see. What do you they, mean? What do you mean? They, they they beat the char- the Chargers. They, 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 they we play the Chargers this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, but they'll always make you The Raiders cry. will always uh, always make you cry as Hootie said. It, the, well, Hootie was the Dolphins make me right. cry. Uh But in other news of quarterbacks, how about Tom Brady in Tampa? Pick fest. Threw a bunch of picks. No, but they're rolling. Yeah, they, they were not rolling against Saints. No, but it's one the Saints. It's one game. One game. It looked bad. It looked ugly. He looked to me, he looked he suddenly looked old and vulnerable. Mm. They're gonna they're gonna do some damage this year. I, I think a, they will, but, but they kind of they had they they got them. They mm. got to them. Saints are a good team. They are. So so the Saints, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not a, a Tampa fan, but uh, I believe that the Saints are two and zero against Tampa this year. They already played them twice. I, I believe so. These fucking schedule makers. Well, I mean, come on, dude, give them a break. It's 2020 madness. I guess. I'll double check. I may be talking out of my no, arse. No, no, that's all right. But there's there's a lot of good teams. The Chiefs are still rolling. Pittsburgh is 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 undefeated. Uh, NFL, yeah, I but I think I think uh, Roethlisberger just tested positive for COVID. Really? Yep. He's going to those house parties with the girls. That's the problem, man. <laughs> Gotta stay away from it. <laughs> stay away from the house parties. All, all right, right. I, I was talking. I think complete nonsense, maybe. Radio silence. Well, I don't know. Creak, 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 
Creek, creek. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see if I got this right or not. You know. You yeah, know. yeah. They played. They played the Bucks the first week of the season. Okay. And they beat them. Uh, I'm talking about the Saints. So the Saints beat the Bucks week one, and they just played again, and they took it to them, thirty-eight to three. So they got his number. They got Brady's number. So if if it comes down to to it down at the end of the season, I, I'm. I mean, it's tough to beat a team three times, especially with Tom Brady on it. But, hmm. but anyway, uh, what else is going on? What's what's up with the? You know, you're more in tune with the, with that AFC West, right? Your no, your area. I, I like to talk about football in general. You know, because we have but what's lis- up with listeners. Mahomes? I haven't I haven't been I haven't been watching. I've been busy. I've only watched the Dolphins. You've been busy. What have you been doing? Man, we're trying to get ahead on this issue. Oh, because I'm with you right here, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's but on the weekends, I have been cranking uh, to try to get stuff done. Oh, got it. So that we can got get it. ahead. For those of you got that it. that aren't uh, up to date, you know, COVID put an impact. Uh, you know, had its impact on us. It pushed our 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 issues back by two months, and so we've been working like mad over here to try and catch up. So this issue coming up is the one where we try to gain the biggest chunk of time in one uh, one fell swoop. So so this one, uh, that's why I've been so busy. So I've only watched Hurricanes and Dolphins. Got it. I haven't stayed up. So what's up with Mahomes? Is he doing all right? Still? He's, he's still a badass. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he's still very, very good. And the Jets still suck? Jets still suck, <laughs> and so does the NFC East. The entire NFC East. Entire NFC East. I think the Eagles are leading with like three wins. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shitty division. How embarrassing! I have a lot of friends who are cowboy fans that are hating life right now, but they're they don't have Dak, so they have, you know, they have an excuse. They have an excuse. Yeah. What's the Giants' excuse? They lost uh, the running back, whatever Saquon. Saquon, you know. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've exhausted. Yeah. Football talk. How about that cigar? I'm loving it. I really am. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. There's a there's someone that does that as an ad campaign. I'm yeah. kidding, I know it's it's McDonald's. Uh, but no, I uh, I really am digging the cigar. It is um, muy rico. It's it is still creamy. Uh, it's not exactly mild. No. So it has plenty of flavor. Uh, not a lot of strength. Again, this is a Connecticut shade cigar, so you're not expecting it to have a whole lot of strength. It has a little bit more than what you expect, uh, and uh, but a lot more flavor. It's very flavorful for a Connecticut shade. Do you, would you agree? Yes, and I, and I do enjoy that. I love smoking uh, lighter shade cigars that have like a lot of complexity, a little bit of strength to them. And there's an awesome nuttiness that yeah. that's now yeah. uh, started to come in. So it, it's almost like a cashew type of note. Uh, Ooh, good call. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving that. Uh, and then that the peppers are still there, but they're very like it's like a deep pepper note, not a sharp pepper note. It's like a deep round kind of pepper note. Uh, really, extremely well balanced cigar. I mean, I, I I love the original uh, Sobre Mesa. The original Sobre Mesa it was awesome. Loved it. Uh, loved all those sizes that it had to. Yeah, and it still has all those little like petite coronas and. Uh, but this very nice this one. iteration is very very good. Yeah, I'm. 
What would you pair it with? This, I'm thinking of uh, of a, of a bourbon that isn't like the spicy bourbons, like a weeded bourbon, mm. like a, a Maker's Mark kind of bourbon that has that, you know, where I don't know, if, like the the bourbons where they they use wheat in part of the mash bill to kind of tone down the spiciness. So something like that, uh, like a weeded bourbon, I think would work really well with this. Um, I, I, what about you? I'd probably go with like a Chateau de Kim from Sauternes. Oh, a Sauterne. Yeah. That would be phenomenal. Nice little dessert wine because it's so sweet to go with that sweet tip. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you getting fancy. Sauternes. I knew every now and then you were going to bust out something. Kidding. I can't afford that fancy. shit, so. <laughs> so I wouldn't pair it with it. Speaking of things you can't afford, uh, we got the Masters coming up, man. Oh, crazy. November. What November is it? November Masters. A tradition like no other? Can yes. we get, we need the. A little music? A little music right here. Who, who's, uh, who's doing the voice these days? Is it still Bob Costas? No. No, that's no. a no. No, love your yeah, You almost vomited when no. it's the Bob Costas. Bob Costas. No, that's uh, Jim Nance. At the most magical setting in golf, a place where legends are made, where dreams have been realized, where the royalty of the game have driven down. It's Jim Nance. Lines. That's right. That's yeah. right. I apologize, Jim. Yeah. Uh, He's the voice. You know, I saw some cool um, piece on the producer for CBS who's done every single master since 1986. And, um, you know, these guys, uh, I mean, they're lifers doing this stuff. Yeah, he's He's done every master's that has ever Since 1986, the guy guy before him was the only guy who ever did it up until that point, so... Wow. So they're talking about, I forget the name, his name, but uh, when I think in 1986 they were saying this story because um, he was talking about his greatest master's moment ever. And it was when he was the replay ed- uh, editor and they were on the broadcast, the 1986 broadcast when Jack Nicholson won it. And I think Jack birdie to eight. So wait, you're saying that not Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholson won this one? I said Nicholson. You did. Sorry, Nicholas. <laughs> guy birdies like eight or something, and this guy, the the guy who just who's just retiring now, is hitting the the producer. The the right is tapping the ex producer, uh, and he's saying, "Hey, Jack, just birdied it." He's like, "Stop bothering me." He, he doesn't matter in this tournament. He like tapped him again on nine and birdied again, and I think he birdied again on eleven. He went like. He went on like a hot streak a rampage, oh, yeah. and he kept tapping him and he goes, hey, he birdied another. He goes, all right, cue up the replay. We're, we're going to Jack after he like ridiculed him in the in uh, the entire yeah. um, booth or not booth or bu- uh, truck. Yeah, they're on the, the production truck, the production truck the entire time. So that was like his claim to fame. And he says that they're always in every like TV you know, dinner, and they were talking about like their dinners on Bourbon Street and everywhere else there where they go. Like that's the story they say, like that that story where he told kept told, telling him not don't bother me. I don't want to hear about Jack Nichol- Nicholson in this. I just said it. <laughs> oh my god, you said Nichol- it again. Nicholas in this tournament. So, why? Who was leading? Do you know? At the t- 
I forget. I think it might have been like a Tom Kite or something like that. Tom Kite uh, no, uh, Watson. No, I think Norman was. Or uh, Greg Norman, like Nick Faldo, something like that. And Nicholas came out of... Uh, out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it'll be exciting. It'll be a different Masters now. There's no fans. They're playing it in November, you know? Yeah, so, so there'll, there'll be a little bit of a color change. The course may play a little bit differently. They say they it's been raining, and they say it'll play softer because of not only the time of year, but they've also been getting a lot of rain. So, so what about like the talk has to be about Bryson DeChambeau? It's all Bryson, and he's the odds-on favorite. So, so I am. You've always got a little bit of a knack for picking, you know, major major tournament. You typically will give me a top three. I'll give you something. And and uh and you're usually you've got one of those three are in the running there at the end. Close. Uh but I will say that I'll be cheering against Bryson. That's okay. all I want. Okay, why is that? Because he's getting so much hype, you know? And for you're all just the, a hater. You're a natural born hater. I'm a bit of a traditionalist and I don't want him they're talking about him using like a 47 inch driver yeah, they said a 40 something inch like that and then he's trying to like drive all the par fours and all this so of course you don't want this guy to win i okay but i much prefer seeing uh one of the guys who's 60 years old you know like bernard of, langer like a langer like a freddie couples that's not gonna that, happen that's not gonna happen i know not that gonna but happen when this guy is like you know he's Flipping wedges into these sure, sure, fours. sure, but you know, and these guys are hitting five irons and four irons exactly into so, it. So, I'm cheering against them. I don't, I don't think um, that. Yeah, one of the old guys, even though that would be so awesome. That to would see be what amazing if you yeah, had like yeah, yeah. a Freddie Couples, something. Yeah, a guy yeah. like that because you know he still has uh, enough youth in him to to be able to execute shots at a high level. Uh, and he knows exactly where. I mean, Freddie, Freddie has played this course so much. Defending champ hasn't done bad either. No, of course not. Of course yeah. not. Freddie and 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 Tiger both have so much experience on this course that that helps. But man, that length that and that's the same thing that happened when Tiger came on the scene, right? Like 1997, when he just blew away the field, blew them away. The the, the I remember the last round. The final round was 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 almost pointless. Yeah, he, was. he had such a lead. Yeah, and and the poor uh, the poor Italian that was playing with him. Do you remember that? No, Constantino Rocca. Okay, and he was just flustered by the crowds and flustered by, you know, it was it was, and just like the it felt pointless. Right, and so um, so anyway that so how did you feel? You were a lot younger, obviously, but how did you feel about being a traditionalist? How did you feel about Tiger when he came out with all of that length? Is it different what you feel now with Bryson and that length? And does that have anything to do with the fact that we're just getting older and you're turning into an, a curmudgeon? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But um, but Tiger did so many things so great, you know? You know, he chipped in on uh, number 16, I forget what year that was, to win it, but he had so many other things going on. Bryson, he's a great player. He's won, he won a U.S. Open. He won the U.S. Amateur. Of course, he's got a great game, but he's so unorthodox that I don't, what I like about, like, I don't, I like that he tries different things. Yep. You know, and he he's, not, and he's, and he's not, and he's not afraid to do it, and I don't mind that at all. 
I don't mind that at all. But just from a from an optical perspective, I I like to see the more you know like you're like a Justin Thomas kind of player. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's also very long, just but he's a traditional golfer. Sure. Just, I what I like to see somebody who, for example, I would try to swing like. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's and, that is the bad part it, like, about I'm, Bryson. I'm never going to use a one length club. I'm never going to try to swing out of my shoes like if I was a long drive champ. I'm also, never, not going to try to do all of that math. Oh, that he does. <laughs> the math I don't mind, uh, but the the putter thing up to his armpit, and then you know, I I, I don't cheer for guys who use broomstick putters, even though I love Bernard Langer, you know. Yeah. But you know. It's just not not something I would do, so it's not something that I root for. So, but it, listen, if he wins it, he's the odds-on favorite. He deserves it, you know. Bob, Bubba Watson outbombed uh, Augusta, and I think he's won it twice. You yep. know, so so there is there there you do have an advantage on this course if you hit it like bomb and gouge, as they refer to it. You know, and if it's playing soft, you're going to even have more of an advantage because the ball's not rolling out. I agree. So. We'll yeah, because he's he's flying it past what most guys are rolling to. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy. Uh, I love it. I I I will try to watch as much as possible. Now, what are your? Give me your three your three guys that you think uh, have a chance here. Have a chance. So I like. Just because he's been, he's not being talked about as much now because of the whole DeChambeau thing, and he hasn't really won anything big in a while. But we're quickly forgetting that Brooks Kepka, for a while there, not too long ago, was the hottest thing, yeah, the hottest thing, and yep. pretty unbeatable when it came to a to a major, you know. Yep. And you have to have that majors grit it's a it takes more than just like talent and you have to have like a a certain type of like, like mindset mindset to to be able to win it and he definitely has that he just has to you know he has to get it going at the, at the right time and i think he can so i take like a like a kepka um i love john rom you know hasn't won and to a, me it seems like you always pick john rom i always do I always do because I think he's just on the verge of winning a major because he hasn't done it yet. You know, I don't like – when it comes to the Masters, I, I always like picking first-time winners of it. I don't like picking, like, repeat winners of the Masters for some reason because I just oh, – I feel like like somebody's due. Like, you, you always try to, like – ramp up and just try to get it done other like you have to have experience like winning another major but not a not a masters in your repertoire which i don't know i don't i don't know if rory has one i don't think rory has a green jacket so so i don't think so either so rory rom uh dustin doesn't have one either those are all very good picks but they're all they're all favorites i'm not not going on a limb here. No, you're not. So you do you have any uh do you have any guys who are, again kind of under the radar? Pick like a Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson's been playing awesome. And his caddy plays in the same association that I do. And I think that that team that they have, caddy player, uh they're really good. So that's my sleeper. Your sleeper is the Webby. Mm-hmm. Uh 
All right, good stuff. So, uh, so pick one. Me, well, again, I, I was a little bit upset that you picked John Rom because that was uh, what I was thinking. Uh, like you, I think he's he is due because he when he's on, he's unbelievable. When he's putting, it's. I mean, I, and I think that the same could be said for all those guys, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, but I do I like Rom a lot. Uh, I also I don't know why, but I feel. A tiger, I I'm feeling it a little bit because he's because he feels good. You know, I watched the uh, the interview with him, and he says he feels better coming into this Masters physically than he did coming into the last last year's Masters. So that gives me a little a little tiger mojo. So if I had to, ch okay, so those are the guys I think I that that'll win it. The people I'm pulling for are Tiger and Spieth. I want to see Spieth do well. Wow, he has just because he's been yeah he's disappeared. So disappeared. If he can get back in the map and be in contention, like as a fa I, I would love to see him win it again. So yeah, he uh, man, he went on a stretch there. What about uh, no one's talking about Colin Morikawa? Like that's not even no one's talking about him. Uh, how does his game suit Augusta? I think this is probably his first Masters. So I don't, I don't like first-time Masters uh, appearances as a, you know. It's, it it's does just, tend to eat you up. It'll eat you up. I don't know. I it, he no, he must have played it as an amateur. But I'm. I'm oh, not, but I mean, well, the course maybe, but not the Masters. No. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. First timer, but. But. But also a guy with length. So okay, so my uh, my dark horse mm -hmm. again. I know it's a it's a first timer, but Scotty Scheffler okay. because of his length. All right. So that's a kid that when you see him get on a roll, he's impressive when he's on a roll. So so uh, I got Tiger, Rom, Morikawa as my three like known commodities, and Scotty Scheffler as as the. As the dark horse, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun, you know, to see it in November, and then they play it again. And they turn it right back around. It'll be the next major they and play after. Play the next major back to back, right? That'll that's be kind of crazy. That'll be interesting. Well, so if anyone that's listening right now does not like golf, they have just tuned out tuned for the out. last hour. Tuned out. Sorry, guys. Uh, but one, let's talk one more time about uh, about the cigar uh, because we haven't stopped smoking it even while we were talking golf. I'm still getting a little sweetness. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, it's just a hint of a it. Tiny, tiny bit of it. Uh, so, but still, it is performing exactly like I said earlier. Uh, the same, It hasn't changed in that regard. Very well balanced. Uh, a nice combination of, of nutty notes with a little bit of wood, a little bit of pepper, and a little bit of sweetness. It's just beautifully balanced. I think that it, it it's so well balanced. Uh that that alone is worth the price of admission. Yeah. So if you can get your hands on a Sobre Mesa Brulee Blue, I would highly recommend it. Uh, and as Ivan says, have it with a Sancerre. Ooh. Oof. That's fancy stuff, though. Or some Natty Light. Natty Light. Natty Light works, too. <laughs> <laughs> we have our own Natty Light over here. But uh, shout out to Natalia. Shout out. Uh, all right. So, uh, what else? What else we got? We got anything else to talk about? We got a, a little listener let, feedback. Let's take a oh, let's take okay. Let's take a quick break here. Uh, a little 
Viva la vida. And then, uh, and then we'll be right back. Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva la Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva la Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5 by 54 Torpedo, a 6x54 Toro, a 6x60 Gran Toro, a 5x54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas, which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's 6.5x52. Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops, so ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram at Artesano Del Tobacco. And we're back. All right, all right, and we're back. Uh, thank you, Jaspi, for, uh, for those kind words about Viva La Vida. Uh, again, that's another cigar that we always recommend. Uh, Viva La Vida, it's stark difference from this in terms of its strength, right? For sure. But uh, really well done cigar uh, produced by AJ. So, anyway, let's get into some uh, some feedback here. So we had a very interesting uh, bit of feedback that we published in the last issue. But if you guys haven't seen it yet, uh, this gentleman Carlton said, "So I have a question. Why does the last part of a cigar make me sleepy or tired? <laughs> I don't know if anyone else feels like that, but it's like that." With the last inch, okay. What, what 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 do you what do you have to say to old Carlton here? Um, I would recommend picking a nice, comfortable spot at your cigar lounge <laughs> take while your you're shoes smoking. Off. Take your shoe and then <laughs> prepare to take a little nap when you get to the end of My, this uh, creme brulee. Yes, because <laughs> you're gonna be snoring in that shop. <laughs> so my my thing for him uh, is. I would start to experiment a little bit because if you like the cigars, but they make you sleepy, try different kinds of cigars and like keep notes and say, okay, I smoked again, a Viva La Vida, rather strong cigar. Uh, it made me sleepy. Then I went completely the other direction, like a Rom Romeo Julieta Reserva Real, very, very mild cigar. Did that make you sleepy? You know, and write, I, write down your notes at the beginning of the cigar before you start. <laughs> Because you will be out. Uh, but yeah, and then the other thing that I would say to him is, if you have somewhere to go, but you still want to smoke a cigar, get into Cuban coffee, because that Ooh, will help that's you. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. Just keep, keep a colada next to you, and just steady drip. Steady drip of Cuban coffee, and that should offset good call. whatever sleepiness the cigar is giving you. Yeah. So if you guys want to send us some feedback... Uh, you can obviously drop it in the reviews section of your podcast app. What cigars make you sleepy? What cigars make you sleepy? Yeah. Uh, so anything you have to say, anything you guys want us to try. If you got, if you guys want us to try a specific cigar and do the same thing we just did with the uh, Berlay Blue, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can do that, or you can email at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Uh, as always, follow us on social media. Uh, go check out our YouTube channel. We've posted a bunch of stuff. 
Natalia has been doing a kick-ass job of posting tons of video content, and more of it is coming. Check out the website because we are updating the hell out of that thing. And, uh, and we hope you guys continue to stay safe. COVID numbers are starting to creep up again. So wear your mask if you have to. Uh, use a lot of antibacterial. <laughs> and then keep smoking cigars and being cool to each other, all right? Take it easy. And uh, we'll see you on the uh, next one. See you, peeps. Later. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Tune in next time for more nonsense and chicanery. But in the meantime, you can find previous episodes of the podcast on cigarsnob.com slash podcast. Follow us at Cigar Snob Mag on all the social media platforms and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple Podcast. Until next time, hasta luego.